Monica. No. <laughs> to a Thursday edition of Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton and we are glad to have you guys with us and boy what a what a week it's been to this point man. It has it has been a lot of fun uh, getting to, to this Thursday show and another fantastic show we have on tap for you. Just looking forward to such a good one man. What's up? How are things? Man, I'm tired. I hear that. Because it's been a long week, and it's just Thursday. It kind of has been. I mean, we were um, we were out of the building Tuesday for Mr. Football and for the show after. I think that's why. I, I think that kind of, yeah. I mean, we have been. After being in Chattanooga late last week. Right, right. I mean, we've been on the road all but. This is just the second day we've been here since last Wednesday. Yeah. So. And um, and then I left here yesterday and went down to Huntsville to see a little history. We'll talk about it. But it was a late night, so I bet it was. Yeah. So again, tired. It, yeah, but it's you know we got a good show mm-hmm. to get through today. I, I'm I'm excited about today's show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got. Three really good guests. Jamie Graham, newly named head coach at Lipscomb Academy, will join us and talk a little bit about you know why he chose to come back to the high school ranks after being in the college ranks. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk with him. We'll talk with Terry McCormick at the top of the hour with Titans, and then we'll have Joe Rexrode, who has probably got plenty of things to to talk about. In the world of Vanderbilt 
athletics. So yeah, in in a in a you know for an athletic department that's looking for some positives right now. No doubt, no doubt. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Hope you guys are also excited because we have some we have some interesting topics of discussion today. Uh, sometimes when you get into you know this type of or the, this part of the year, the discussions get really weird because you're just looking for anything to talk about. But pretty timely uh, discussions coming your way today, so I, I'm looking forward to to a great show. Uh, but before we do anything else, Mo, we need to get into yesterday's results and today's schedule, and we can do that on the rundown. This is the rundown. Okay, um, men's basketball action from Wednesday night. Battle of the Boulevard goes to host Belmont with a 72-71 decision over Lipscomb that was decided on a three-point play by Jacoby Gillespie with six seconds remaining. So the host Bruins grabbed the 150th meeting in that rivalry. Over at Memorial Gym, not, not a good night for the home team as the Dons of San Francisco come into town and grab a 73 to 60 victory over the Commodores. In women's action, Middle Tennessee State, after losing every previous meeting in this rivalry, how, now, how, 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 how it, <laughs> who you want to ask about how many meetings those were, ask them. But after losing each of the previous meetings, they won this one 73 62 last night down in Huntsville, and we will be talking more about that later. Also, in the Battle of the Boulevard, Lady Style, the Lady Bruins of Belmont defeated Lipscomb 70-51. to In the association, Memphis with a 116-102 win over Detroit. All right, high school basketball tonight. These are double headers. It's going to be Republic at Brentwood starting at 6. Lead Academies at Clarkson Northwest at 6. All, all of these doubleheaders starting at 6. Davidson Academy at Donaldson Christian. Lawrence County is at Hartsell of Alabama. And Smyrna is at John Overton. Portland is at Liberty Creek. And Summit is at Siegel. In Hills only Austin, you will see Harper Paul at the Tennessee Heat at 6 o'clock. And Father Ryan at Mount Juliet at 6 o'clock. Doubleheaders in college basketball. Uh, life is at UC Southern starting at five, and boys at seven. So who's UC Southern playing? Life. That's life. That's what all the people say. <laughs> Riding high in April. <laughs> down in May. Um, women's action tonight. Rebecca is at Ursuline. That's a 5:30 tip, and Vanderbilt. It's at Butler. That game is starting at 6 o'clock. can be seen on ESPN+. Plus. Ready to serve you an ale, Master William. <laughs> <laughs> on the ice, the Predators are at home taking on the Lightning of Tampa Bay. That's a 7, uh, 7 o'clock puck drop. You can see it on Valley Sports South. And at 7.15 on Amazon Prime, ooh, watch at your own risk. New England is at Pittsburgh. 
That is your rundown. That game, I guarantee you that's not the game that they expected when they put this on Thursday night. A hundred percent not. I mean, New England is what, two and nine? They're they're both bad. And Kenny Pickett is out? Yeah. For Pittsburgh? They're both bad. Historically bad. Yeah. This is you know fifteen years ago, game of the week. Five years ago. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, but not, not this year. Rough Oof. times. Rough times. Oof. But, uh, Oof. Maybe that is why it's on Thursday night. Because don't want anybody to watch it. You know, that's crazy. The because Titans people, are on Monday. People will watch it. Ooh. Yeah, I know. All the primetime games this week are trash. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what Sunday night is, but mm. it will most certainly be better than tonight and Monday mm. night, no matter, no matter who it is. That's <laughs> oh, top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Must Shopping Center in Columbia as we are always excited about good lunch, cobblers, meats, vegetables, always delicious, hand-cut meats, great produce, all cost plus 10 at the register. Make sure to go see them. If you're in Columbia at Neely's Mill. Sunday night game, Philadelphia at Dallas. Yeah, that'll be one. That'll be a good one. Yeah. A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, going to be fun. Our top story today comes from the Baseball Hall of Fame, where the East-West Classic is making a return after a short hiatus, I assume, since COVID. I don't know that to be a fact. But this year, the tribute to the Negro Leagues All-Star Game will feature at Doubleday Field on May 25th some of the greatest legends in the game, including Fergie Jenkins, who will coach one of the teams. Ken Griffey Jr. is involved. Ozzie Smith will be there. Uh, team captain CC Sabathia and Chris Young. You'll also see Melvin and Justin <laughs> up to here, up to there. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. David Price is involved. Dontrell Willis. The big turn. Uh, so I'm so, sorry, D train. Excuse me. <laughs> some pretty cool stuff here. You know, again, back at Doubleday Field for the East-West Classic, $20 for baseline seats and 18 in the outfield. That's, that's I mean, you can't beat that to see these guys. This is not a short hiatus, by the way. They're bringing this back. This is the first time. Yeah, the East-West Classic was the Negro League's all-star game, basically, right. that took place through 1962. Okay, so this is not, I thought they had done this before. No. Well, then that's even cooler. Yeah. Um, and it's over Memorial Day weekend. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could slip up there after we get done with Spring Fling on Saturday. Yeah, because we, we're going to have enough uh, enough juice in our bodies to get up there. To get up that. to. Yeah. <laughs> on Saturday after a Friday ending? Oof. 12 noon Eastern time, there will be a home run derby. <laughs> and the game is at 1 o'clock, followed by. Um, a social at six o'clock 
up there at Cooperstown. Hall of Fame legends and former players will greet fans throughout Doubleday Field um, in a 90-minute event. Capacity for this event is limited. <laughs> um, tickets for night at the ballpark are 75 bucks. So the, the, the social event that evening is more expensive than the game itself, which again, 20 for baseline seats, 18 for out, outfield seats. Um, I've been to the Hall of Fame once and it was really cold when I went because it was during basketball season. I'd love to get back up there again for whatever outdoor activities might be going on, but I don't think it'll be Memorial Day weekend. That's unfortunate. But this is this is a great event. Like you said, CC Sabathia and Chris Young will be the um, the team captains for this. Prince Fielder is scheduled to participate. Dexter Fowler, Curtis Granderson, um, Fielder, and former Nashville Sounds teammate Tony Gwynn Jr. Also, Adam Jones, not Pac-Man. <laughs> the former Baltimore Ryan Royals. Ryan Howard, WNBA. not the WNBA star. <laughs> yes, Ryan, not Ryan. Yes. <laughs> LaTroy Hawkins, who I believe was the last active Major League Baseball player who had played for the Nashville Express. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. This is a great list. Of players, Edwin Jackson, who played for about half the teams in Major League Baseball. He's always good for baseball. Yeah. Uh, uh, the um, what ultimate the, is that? What I have no idea what it's called. Yeah, it, it was it was a thing for a minute, then it was not. Yeah, the Harrison brothers, Jerry and Scott, will both take uh, take part in it. Um, Tony Sip, uh, and. Additional participants will be announced as they are confirmed, according to the Nashville, uh, the the website baseballhall.org. So, if you want to keep up with who else will be taking part in this event, um, Ken Griffey Jr. and Ozzy Smith are also committed. So um, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it, it it will be interesting to watch. I'm. I'm I'm curious to see if that if this will be televised in some way because I would love to watch it. Uh, obviously, not being able to get up there that weekend. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that's that's unfortunate. News out of Nashville last week. We did not see it, but uh, Jim Leland was named by the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee uh, to the Hall of Fame. You are over. Right, Either something I got a haircut today, so it could just be like a you know a, a random hair poking me, but it feels like I'm getting shocked by something. I hate when that happens. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, Leland was uh, was elected with 15 votes, which was I think all but one. <laughs> wow! Don't know who kicked him off. I, I, I think I think if they announced. A 15 to 1 vote that I would probably change my vote just if like, I was the one. You know what? You know, just, just make it unanimous. <laughs> uh, Lou Pinella was a vote short. Mm. Bill White, two votes short. And then Joe West received less than five votes. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, Jim Leland, manager, manager of the 97... Marlins, who won the World Series, and 
How many World Series championships for him? He managed the Pirates, the Marlins, the Tigers. Is that it? No, one more. One more? Come on. Oh, wow. If it was the, well, the Marlins and? The Marlins and? The Marlins and, they, they are connected in a similar fashion. Not the Rays. No. There's only two teams in Florida. Right. So that's not the connection. That's not the connection. No, this is fun. No, <laughs> I'm not going to get it. The Marlins were an expansion team win. And the Rockies. That's it. Seven, 1,769 victories, six first place finishes, three pennants, and the 97 World Series. Manager of the year in 1990 and 92 with the Pirates and then again with the Tigers in 06. Yeah. Only the one World Series, though. That's wild. It is. I figured it, I figured it was more. But, um, and has a very legendary video from spring training one year when he was with the Pirates of he taking Barry Bonds to task in no uncertain terms. Oh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> that was great, actually. He, he was letting him know that ain't, ain't but one boss in this dugout, and it's me. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, good for him because that's what a manager's supposed to do. Yep. Hey, man, this is my team. You can play you're, on, you're it. on it. Or, or you can play somewhere. Or else. you can go to. And that's basically what it told and I, I don't care. No, I don't care. Barry, this is Barry my who? circus. This is my circus, yeah, yeah. and you will you will do what I say. Yeah, that's it. So, and to Barry's credit, he later in his career acknowledged that you know he needed. You know what? That's again. You know, we we've talked about it. Managing players, how they need to be managed. And that's a skill that not every manager has. And when you have it, you wind up in the hall. And when you have it, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you win six manager of the years and mm -hmm. finish second another five times. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty darn good. So that's exciting. Good for Jim Whitley. Before we get out of here, Mo, I don't mm -hmm. know if you have seen this story about a former Jaguars employee who allegedly stole $22 million from the organization. Million. 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 Amit Patel is accused of stealing more than $22 million, according to Katie String and Kaylin Kaler of The Athletic. He was employed by the Jaguars from 18 to 22, worked his way up to the role of manager, financial planning, a manager of financial planning and analysis. That's, you know. He was planning finances for sure. Uh, <laughs> His. <laughs> he was able to exploit the company's virtual credit card program in order to purchase a range of items, including two vehicles, a condominium, and a designer watch over not, worth $95,000. I've said this on this show before, and I'm going to say it again. If I have stolen $22 million undetected, you're not going to find me anywhere that has extradition agreements with nope, the United States. Not a chance. Not a chance. Twenty-two million? 
Yeah, 22 million. Uh, if I'm enough. smart enough to do that, I'm smart enough to get out ahead of the policy. And that's the thing. Like, how? Do, why do you stay? How much were you trying to get? At I mean, what point do you say this is enough when it's illegal? If I have successfully stolen $22 million, you're not going to find by me. By the anywhere. time you find out I've stolen it, you're not going to find me. Right. And if you do find me, it will be somewhere that you, you can't, can't come get, get to me. me. <laughs> oh. It just is. That makes no it, sense. It, 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 it is what it is. $22,221,454 and 40 cents. <laughs> I think it was the 40 cents that got it. So she just left it at 454. Probably been okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, if I had gotten 2,221,454, <laughs> I'd have left the 40 cents. Uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You, I, I'm telling you, man, there is a lot of things you can do. That's crazy. I, I He's only being charged with one, one count, count of wire fraud and one count of illegal monetary transactions. That's it. Just one each. If, con if convicted, <laughs> Patel may be required to forfeit property in the amount of at least $22,221,454.40, which represents the proceeds of the offense. In addition to assets purchased or funded with the proceeds of the offenses and or involved in an illegal monetary transaction. So what that's saying is he may have to give back all the money he stole plus everything he acquired with the money he stole. That's rough. All I'm saying is the only vehicle I would have acquired would have been a boat. <laughs> no condominiums necessary. And certainly not, not a watch. Not in this country. And maybe a watch mm. that has a compass on it. That can tell me how to drive my boat <laughs> somewhere, nowhere near here. In a filing Tuesday, Patel's attorney filed a waiver of indictment in which Patel waived prosecution by indictment and consented that the proceeding may be by information rather than indictment. I don't know what that means, unfortunately, because I'm not an attorney and I did not sleep in a Holiday Inn Express last night. Hmm. Um, mm, this is wild. It really is. Like this, uh, Use the proceeds of this scheme in whole or in part to place bets with online gambling websites to purchase condominium in Ponte Vedra Beach to pay for personal travel for himself and friends, including chartering private jets and booking luxury hotels and private rental residences to acquire a new Tesla Model 3 sedan and Nissan pickup truck. Do you buy a pickup a Nissan? A Nissan pickup truck? Okay. To lodge a retainer, <laughs> this was smart. To lodge a retainer with a criminal defense law firm, genius. Yeah, <laughs> mm. and to purchase cryptocurrency, non-fungible tokens, electronic sports memorabilia, a country club membership, 
Okay, so spa here. treatments, concerts, and sporting event tickets, home furnishings, and luxury wristwatches. This is exactly what you do. You take that money and you buy Bitcoin, right? You buy digital currency. And then you leave. This is, this is exactly. And you, and you hope the digital currency doesn't tank. Well, yeah, but I mean, you you have, I mean, you keep a little bit, but there's no other way to get the money if you're out of the country, right? You gotta, you you'd have to, hmm. you'd have to exchange it somewhere or hmm. have digital currency right. that's you know available to withdraw anywhere in the world. Hmm. Hmm. It's wild. Anyway, thought that was thought that was a crazy story. Twenty two million dollars is impressive. I, I, how did he explain this to his friends? That's the real question. Like, I mean, I know that you're the manager of financial planning for the Jaguars, but like, they're not paying you like this, are they? And how did nobody else know? How did his coworkers not realize? Like, okay, I know what I'm getting paid. <laughs> what is this dude doing? Maybe, maybe he told them, you know, his family had money. I, I, I guess that's a possibility. But Listed in the Jaguars media guides from 2018 to 2022, his titles during those years were coordinator, financial planning and analysis, and then manager, financial planning and analysis, fired in February 2023. We are way over. That's all right. Well, we'll take a break. <laughs> when we come back, let's talk about Local hoops, plenty of it to talk about. So stick around, Main Street Sports Station, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be back after this. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. 
Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Young, Maurice Patton here on the Thursday edition of Main Street Sports Today. Uh, Mo, you did go to Huntsville last night. You did see some history, and we are going to talk about it because for the first time, no matter how many times they've played, for mm -hmm. the first time, uh, Middle Tennessee State upended the Lady Vols and... Kelly Harper suffered her first defeat to an in-state foe. Uh, and I just, I mean, if you watch that game, it, you know, Tennessee played well at times, mm -hmm. but Middle shot the lights out. And it felt like, if you go back and watch some of the highlights that, you could just tell Middle wanted it. They were more into the game. I had a, a well-known coach, a well-known high school coach in this area tell me that he had never seen Rick Ensel as animated on the sidelines as he was last night. Well, you know. And it clearly bled over. Yeah. I, I mean, you watched the bench. You know you were behind them and couldn't see because of it. I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they were they were up a lot. They were cheering. They were into the game. Uh, Courtney Whitson was just hustling all over the court. Did you see that second half possession where she got two offensive rebounds? Mm -hmm. I did. Uh, we retweeted scored. that on Main Street Sports Day earlier today because she's just. I, I mean, she is her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, she is. She's she's the leader of this team and. You know, you could tell just, you know, her effort was also bleeding over into the players on the court. And I just wonder, you know, Courtney being a graduate student from Kingsport, how much it meant to her that game oh, yeah. and that win. Like, hey, see what you could have had? Well, not, not, even, be, not necessarily that, but just, you know. Clearly, when it comes to women's basketball in Tennessee, the University of Tennessee is the standard bearer. It is. And to have an opportunity to go out and, and compete against them and beat them for a Tennessee girl, that could be a pretty big deal. Yeah, just a really, a really good ball game, unless you're a Tennessee fan. And then you, you were just mad watching it. But, I I mean, competitive from start to finish. And, obviously, Tennessee missing two important players, one of them particularly, Rakia Jackson. 
Well, that's a, that, that's a big deal. And Rakea Jackson had been missing, and she did travel though yesterday. And with her extended absence, that makes Jillian Hollingshead even more important to this team. She was out last with night as well. So, yeah. And so that's 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 worth noting. And Tennessee fans' reaction on Twitter is just ridiculous. Well. And that's not surprising in, in the least. Trust me, I, I get that. But, you know, folks calling this rock bottom for the program. And it, the disrespect for a tournament team, mm-hmm. a veteran team. A tournament team, a veteran team, a top 25 team within the last year. Team. This is not – this is not – you know, some team. This is this is not Grambling. I mean, and yeah, I mean, this I, is not rock bottom. Now there is a difference in should Kelly Harper keep her job and rock bottom. Absolutely. And I understand completely, folks, who say, "Look, this is unacceptable," and Kelly Harper, her job is on, in jeopardy. And it's not because she lost to Middle Tennessee State. It's because of the totality of this team, this year's team. I mean, yes, she's coming off a Sweet 16 run. I get that. But as we said earlier this week, that's not the standard at Tennessee. No. No. Um, And it's like I told a few folks last night and in the day, in the hour since. I root for Tennessee women's basketball on a regular basis, but mm-hmm. I don't have a ring or diploma from there. So when the matchup last night happens in any sport, let's go blue. Yeah. And, you know, I, I thought Kelly's comments after the game, you know, the we need some gut checks. And, and I think she's right. Mm-hmm. I think it is gut check time for this team. I think there's a lot to play for in front of this team. And they've not played a single Southeastern Conference game yet. I mean, there's plenty to play for. And there, there is. I mean, and, and they've won some top 25 games. I mean, they beat Notre Dame earlier. So let's, let's not forget that they have won some big games. And so how, which, you know, we said how, how important was this game ahead of it. I do think that it's important. I think that, you know, people are going to start taking notice. You can't lose, and it's not a knock on MTSU necessarily, but you just can't lose to in-state opponents when you are the standard bearer. Yeah. That's that's just the bottom line. You can't do it. Now, I do wonder if there would have been a little more, I don't know, if it had been a little better storyline if the student had beaten the teacher obviously rick having coached kelly in aau ball back in the day i don't know if that's the storyline if that's the result because again as we've talked the lady ball the lady balls are the standard bearer in this state for women's basketball and so i think well if tennessee wins it could have been. It could have been. I think <laughs> if Tennessee wins that game, it's kind of business, business as, as usual. usual. 
realist. Um, Tennessee falls to four and five with that loss. Their wins are over Florida A&M, Memphis, Troy, and Oklahoma. Oklahoma, that's what it was. They lost to Notre Dame in the ACC, SEC, excuse me, in the SEC, ACC Women's Basketball Challenge. Um, that was... That's depending on who you ask. Well, and you're asking me. <laughs> so last night was their third straight loss following a five-point loss to Notre Dame, a 78-58 loss to Ohio State on Sunday, which I watched three minutes of, and last night. So they are... Which again, you watched 40 minutes of. Uh, no, I watched about 36 minutes. Cause Were you a little late? I was a little late. Oh, I can understand. Well, but I... The last time I was at Von Braun, it was for a Tennessee Valley Vipers game. Tells you how long ago it was. Um, so I came in to the assigned parking and went all the way around that facility. It's a very fascinating facility. But I went all the way around. It's a little it. different from the last time you were there. Yeah. And when I got ready to leave, I'm telling these guys, okay, I'm parked at the South Hall. How do I, and, and I came all the way around to get here. How do I get back? I'll just go out this door right here and it's Turn, right there. Yeah. 30 seconds to my car, 10 minutes from car to arena. Yeah. Mm, go to the geese and turn right. That's what I tell them. Well, <laughs> those weren't the directions I did. <laughs> there were no geese in the, unfortunately. But, um, you know, it, it was interesting. Um, Nick McDevitt was at the game as well. Great. Um, just kind of scouting things out because it's pro Serena. They're going to be playing there. The conference USA tournament will be held there in March, and it was it was nice. It's it's a nice facility. It's it's unique. It's cold. Thing. It is cold because the Huntsville Havoc hockey team also plays there, and the ice is down. So bundle up. When you go in March, yeah, because I imagine they'll still be in season. Yeah. So yeah, bundle up. No one told me. Fortunately, I did have a jacket, and I did keep it on. I know. I saw you on television quite a few times. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's that was funny when you told me that because when you said I saw you on TV, I'm like already I just got here. <laughs> yes, as a matter literally. Of <laughs> I mean, you must have seen me coming in. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was a great game. It was a great atmosphere, and um, congratulations to Rick Ensel and the lady, the Lady Raiders. And it capped off a pretty big day for MTSU athletics. Yes, it did. You start the day by announcing Derek Mason and end it by beating the Lady Vols. That's that's a good day from from top to bottom, no question. Also, a good day for Jacoby Gillespie last night. Not quite as great a day individually for Jacoby as Lipscomb's uh, Will Pruitt, Will Pruitt, who led Lipscomb in points, assists, and rebounds <laughs> last night in the Battle of the Boulevard. But it was not enough, unfortunately, as you mentioned. Uh, Greenville's finest, Jacoby Gillespie, the former Mr. Football. Yeah, Jacoby Gillespie with a three-point play at the end to lift the Bruins in the 150th meeting of the Battle of the Boulevard. Uh, Will, Pruitt, Will Pruitt walked into the Bison's locker room and said, y'all lost. I didn't lose. 
<laughs> I mean, look, it's just, it is what it is. And of course, if you want to, uh, if you want to see full coverage of that one, you can, of course, go to NashvilleHoops.blog. Joey Dwyer's got coverage of it and his lead. I love it. The Battle of the Boulevard delivered. I mean, and, and it did. I mean, if, it, if if you can't get excited about that kind of basketball game, you know, Belmont held an 18-point lead at one point, and Lipscomb said, not so fast, my friend. Uh, it's a really good night as, you know, another good performance out of, and this is coming after Joe kind of called him out on our show, from Belmont, what, super senior? Is that what we're calling them? I don't know. The, uh, the kid that he asked that he said was not playing well. That, uh, hold on. I'll get his uh, name. Kay Tyson? No. Malik Dia. Oh, Malik's a sophomore. Okay. Maybe yeah. that wasn't him then. It might have been Tyson that he was talking about. Anyway, 15 points from Malik Dia. Malik Dia is the transfer from Vanderbilt. Ah, that's yeah. it. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, this is a big night for them. Women On the women's side, Belmont continues to roll across in-state teams. <laughs> They've now beaten Middle and uh, Lipscomb in back-to-back outings. So good job for them. Vanderbilt lost to San Francisco. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that with Joe Rexrode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since we've got a former Vanderbilt basketball player, former Vanderbilt football player waiting in the wings, yeah. we should probably go on and move toward Coach's Corner with newly named Lipscomb Academy football coach Jamie Graham. So let's get to him. On the other side of this break, you're on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. 
With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Okay, got a little new music coming in here. DJ JK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> JK pulling a, pulling a fast one Shaking on us. Shaking it up. Yeah. Yeah, we like it. We like it here on Main Street Sports. Day. Presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We're live in the Lee Company studio. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here in Columbia. Always a good time when we get a chance to get Coach's Corner coming your way and to hand out a little hardware. We're going to do all of that here in this segment. We're going to visit with newly named Lipscomb Academy Mustang football coach Jamie Graham joining us here on Coach's Corner. Coach, welcome in. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. How's everything? Already, already got the gear. Now, is that new <laughs> gear or is that old gear? Hey, listen, what you do is, is you never just throw away gear. That's number one, especially Nike gear. So you keep the gear and uh, – Hopefully, you just never know when it's going to come back around. This time it came back around. And this one I only wore like one or two times while I was here. So I was like, you know what? This feels brand new. I'll be okay. It feels there new. There you there go. go. Well, um, that's that's kind of like they say about fashion, Coach Graham. It all comes back at some point. So, it yeah. all comes back. Hey, congratulations, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, brother. Um, Former White's Creek two sports standout, Jamie Graham. That's where I first started hearing the name. And then I was fortunate enough to be around the Vanderbilt program at the same time that Jamie yep. was in it, both yep. as a football and a basketball player, um, more impactful on the gridiron, but but certainly no, slou no slouch on the hardwood either. So, um, but Jamie, did you know at that point that this was a path that you wanted to take? Or at what point did coaching become a realistic option for you well i'll be honest with you um i don't think if you're a high level athlete i don't really know if you think about the coaching part right in the moment um i went about this process just i was like man I'm, i got an opportunity to go to Vanderbilt. i'm going to Vanderbilt. um i graduate from there and i go out to ucla and then they, that's when the kind of the injury started piling on and you know the, the, the opportunities that you think that you have um don't come to you and so you have to look within yourself and then you finally realize it's like, hey, is this thing really over? Right. And so after a couple of knee surgeries, after a finger surgery and a shoulder surgery, and you try to do all these different things, um, you finally get to a realization like, 
you know what? I just need to start coaching because I'm getting old. <laughs> my knees hurt. My body hurt. But also um, there's something about giving your knowledge back to someone else. And so when you're able to give that knowledge back to young men and um, especially when someone was able to give it to you, um, it, it's a really big deal. And so you have to have a different type of heart in my mind to uh, actually go through with that and be a part of it and, and understand that it's a long road. And so as long as you understand the path that you want and, the, and, and where you want to go with this thing, um, coaching for me was a decision that it, it, it just made sense at that time. You know, Jamie, to hear you say I'm old and to read the article from a couple of days ago about 35 year old Jamie Graham taking the head coaching job at Lipscomb. Uh -huh. That hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that hurt me. Well, I, um, I apologize. I've been knowing you for a really long time. So we, we, we've yeah. been old together. There, there we go. That's how we're going Beats the alternative. Um, yeah. So, Jamie, you had you had been an assistant at Lipscomb with Trent Dilfer. Yep. Um, when he takes the job at Alabama Birmingham, you go down with him as a member of his staff. Um, what prompted you to go with him and what prompted you to look at coming back? Well, I think it. You know, you get an opportunity to go to college and you want to you know, you want to explore, you want to see what it's like, you want to um, kind of see what the new challenge is, right? And, I, and I'm not saying high school became boring to me, um, but I think at that point in time, I needed to see what it was going to be like on the college level. I had been out of, college, out of the college game for so long, and you want to get back to that. And so it's like, okay, let me go up here. But I also had a plan the entire time. And the plan was to simply go up here figure out the college game, figure out the recruiting part of it, figure out um, how to how to relate, make connections, fig, um, watch Trent from the background, right? And so not being an offensive coordinator um, at UAB and just kind of working with receivers and kind of seeing what these other guys do, um, it really made me a better coach. It showed me how I needed to – what I needed to work on, um, how to develop guys – understanding that the relationships within the building because in the college game you're recruiting your own guys more than you're trying to recruit someone else so basically um how much of the relationship portion of it is probably the it's probably the number one key at that level so um it was beneficial for me because now it allowed me to come back it allowed this opportunity to present itself and uh what better i mean what better opportunity than to come back somewhere where i've already been and um seen this place be successful um, it, it has a lot of history. You're talking about five state titles coming out of Lipscomb. So it's not just what we did in the past two years. You're talking about years on top of years of uh, great things happening here. And so just to be a part of this and to come back and see a lot of the young men that I was here with at one point in time and to be a part of their lives, man, it, it, it's, it's probably what it was the most important move. But it was also beneficial because it, it allowed me to see that I missed these kids so much and it brought me back. You know, it's interesting that, you know, you now have an idea of what the collegiate game is like as a coach and and what the the atmosphere is like, what kids can expect. It's not just the game of football knowledge that you can now bestow upon them. You can tell them, hey, if you want to play at the next level, here's how it works now. You know, you could always tell them how it worked when you were there, but this is a different world. Yes. I mean, it really, it really is. It is. This is a it different is. world. Much different. 
And so now you, you know, you kind of have a, a unique perspective for guys that do have the ability to play at the next level. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest thing is, you know, you, and sometimes in high school, man, it's this is smallest special teams. Guys don't want to play special teams, right? Now I can come back and I can tell my guys, hey, listen, you want to know what's going to get you on the field as a freshman. When you walk mm-hmm. in, spring ball, fall camp, whatever the case is, what's going to get you on the field? The thing that's going to get you on the field is playing special teams. And so um, I would just remember just watching highlight films of guys in high school and you see, you see how great they are on offense. You see how great they are on defense. And then you just wonder, like, hey, is there one or two clips of them doing kickoff or being on punt, being on punt return? And so those little small details right there, man, um, I think it's going to go a long way with these with these young men here, because um, you have some guys here that I mean, let's just say they're they're elite high school football players right now. Uh, But when they get to college, that's going to be a humbling experience. And so you may not be the biggest, you may not be the fastest, you may not be the strongest. Um, So what's going to separate you from everyone else? And I would hope that it would be something just as small as do I want to get on the field by playing special teams? And if you can do that, then guess what? You've just <laughs> you just paved the way for yourself. Now you've got yourself on the field. Now you can earn playing time at your at your respective position. Um, now you've seen yourself and now you can kind of gauge yourself and say, hey, you know what? I can actually play this game at this level. And it gives you some confidence going in for the rest of the season, but it also gives you confidence going into the next year. Newly named Lipscomb Academy football coach Jamie Graham joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, no stranger to special teams himself. Um, as, as a returner at Vanderbilt, um, certainly managed to make a mark there. But uh, Jamie, again, played your high school ball at White's Creek. What was the draw of Lipscomb Academy for you when you first got there? What is the draw of Lipscomb Academy for you now as a Metro Nashville Public Schools product? Um, I think the biggest thing is, is you, you know, as an athlete, as a competitor, you never lose. Well, at least for me, I never lost that competitive spirit. Right. And you always look for the next, the new challenge, the next challenge and what's next. And so I spent so much time. Um, coming out of out of White's Creek, you know, I, I love my alma, alma mater. So it's once a Cobra, always a Cobra, right? So I never lose that. But I also know um, it's time for me to challenge myself. So, you know, I went to Hillsborough. I worked at Hillsborough. I was an assistant basketball coach over there for a really long time. I worked two or three years over there for the football team. And it just so happened, uh, you know, I ran into a guy that I know. His name Devin Arnold, head football coach at, at Antioch High School. And he was he was over here before I was. And so he saw me one day and he was just like, dude, Trent Dilford just got the job over here. You know, you want to come over here and help out? And so I was just like, man, you know, I don't know. I don't want to leave my guys at Hillsborough and all those good things. And then I just had to go home and pray about it at that time. And so, you know, you get you start praying and you're just looking for the answer. And the answer was like, hey, man, you want this challenge? Go take the challenge. So. As that built, man, I was the right receiver coach for, for a year, for two years, and became the pass game coordinator. And I just kind of worked myself up and became uh, Coach Dilfer's right-hand man. And just for him to take me down to UAB with him was such a blessing um, because he's been a very good mentor for me. But this was the thing that brought me back was it was time for a new challenge. And so it was time for me to kind of get away from Trent. And it was time for him to kind of let me, let me go 
and see me grow. Um, and so, you know, when the job came open, it was just like, is it really happening? I had to pray about it. I was like, is this really happening? Like, do I really have an opportunity to go back somewhere where the community uh, loves me? I love that community. I love the administration here. I love the young men. I love the families. Like it, it's, it's something, it just felt right. And um, I got the, I got the answer that I needed for my prayers and um, it just felt like the perfect thing to do. So I'm excited to be back. The young men are excited. We got some juice over here right now. And uh, hopefully we can just carry this momentum. And it, it, just, it just flows throughout the entire school. Well, the last time Lipscomb Academy took the football field, you got a win over a collie. <laughs> and yep. the last time Macaulay took a football field, they yeah. won a state championship. Yep. So yeah. you feel like you're taking some momentum into twenty uh, in, into twenty twenty four, and obviously there's 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 some 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 off the field things that are having you know having to be dealt with at Lipscomb Academy. How are you handling that right now, in regards to just you know? making sure the kids understand that, you know, let that take care of itself and, and let's just worry about playing football. Yes. At the end of the day, all we can do is control what we can control. Right. So we control our energy. We control our effort. We control our attitude, our focus and what, how we come down here every single day, um, how we handle athletics. I mean, academics, I'm sorry, how we handle academics. Are we the best students that we need to be? Um, our faith, are we still praying? Are we, are we staying true to ourselves? Are we, not letting the outside world affect how we do things here. And at the end of the day, we can't control anything. Um, I think the administration here, they're doing a very, very good job of taking the steps to get past this situation. Um, it's not for me to really speak on too much because, um, you know, we're still going through some things, right? So I just want to know, all I know is it's, it's my job to make sure these young men are ready for whatever comes their way. Um, we're not here. We're not here to, figure out what TWSAA wants to do. We just know our administration is doing everything in their power to make sure they do the, the right things. We want to make sure we continue to do the right things. And if this thing goes into the into our favor, we'll be ready. And so um, our job is to continue to lift, lift well, stay on the academics, continue to stay strong in our faith. And as long as we do those things, everything can take care of itself. We're just going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to work toward this, uh, continue to take the steps to work, work toward to get through this. And uh, whatever happens at that point, um, We'll, we'll be ready for it, but the Mustangs will be ready to play football in 2024. Jamie Graham, newly named head coach at Lipscomb Academy. Jamie, congratulations. Thank Looking you so much. forward to, to seeing your, your time on the football field as a coach with the headset and making decisions and, <laughs> and not suggestions, not suggestions, not suggestions. Anymore. No. so uh we are looking forward to it man thank you so much for taking time with us today. we greatly appreciate it and look thank forward you. to talking to you again soon all right thank you all so much i appreciate it thanks coach we'll take a break when we come back oh, wait oh we gotta we gotta hand out some hardware we got hardware we got hardware let's do it custom stone handlers team of the week of course it is the End to Win Life Team of the Week presented by Custom Stone Handlers. CustomStoneHandlers.com, 931-490-4990 is the number to call. And this week's? This week's Team of the Week is the Santa Fe Boys Basketball Wildcats. Um, Much due in part to that guy right there on the screen, number 13. Oh, that guy right there <laughs> on the screen, number 13. Um 
if he is not at the top of your scouting report, then I don't know <laughs> what scouting you have done. But um, last week, Santa Fe won three ball games. The week before that, they won three ball games because they're seven and zero. But they, you know, they defeated Cascade 67-48. They won 72-55 at Zion Christian with that guy scoring 46 points. And they won 66-47 against McEwen. No, I'm sorry. They won 72-39 at Perry County. Tuesday, they won 66-47 against McEwen when he scored 38. He's putting them up and putting he, them down. He, he really is. He is scoring points in bundles, in bunches. Um, he's a bucket. He is junior Alden Slaughter. And he leads Santa Fe Wildcats, our... Custom Stone Handlers Team of the Week. And our Mitchell Tennessee Bone and Joint Athlete of the Week this week. Our Custom Go to the Max. Sorry. The, the Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint Athlete of the Week is Summit Junior Braden Leach, who is 7-0 this season. He won six matches last week. All. All seven of his wins are by pin. Come on. So, um, and five of those came... Last Friday and Saturday, as he won the 150-pound weight class at the Black Horse Invitational down at Houston, which was an interesting weekend at Houston, I imagine, because no doubt. A, a lot of folks probably wish they had been in Chattanooga, but Braden Leach is glad that they were there. No doubt. Congratulations to Santa Fe and to Braden Leach. We'll take a break. When we come back, Terry's Titans report right after this on Main Street Sports Say Stick Around. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome 
Industries or former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, ex Cy Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. <laughs> Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> other guy in Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama. So, other guy in Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today. We had a visitor, and so we, we almost came back and said this show was being filmed in front of a live studio audience. An audience of one. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, we, we had a visitor, and uh, so we, we, we appreciate you guys hanging with us as we get now to the top of the hour Titans report with Titan insider Terry McCormick. Terry, what's up? You, you do love your alliteration, I don't do. you? I do. I just alliterate all the time. Mm, mm, mm. Terry, what's up? <laughs> Well, guys, it is your Titans Daily Report, and it's powered by Zen Sports. Uh, talk to Kyle Phillips in the locker room today. He was a healthy scratch in uh, Sunday's ball game against the Indianapolis Colts. And I think that kind of surprised a few people. But when I asked him about it, uh, he said he understands the situation because of the, I guess, what happened to him on special teams with losing the returner's role. Uh, they only had so many receiver slots, I guess, that were up and available to be open. They wanted to ease Traylon Burks back in. Colton Dow has kind of become one of their special teams mainstays. So he ended up being the odd man out, despite the fact that since Will Levis has become the starting quarterback, Phillips has 11 catches in five games for 161 yards. So... Interesting there that the move that the Titans made uh, bypassing Phillips on Sunday, and it sounds like, at least the way Phillips was describing it, that uh, could be that way again Monday night when they go play the Dolphins. It's interesting because one of the things that I had kind of seen about that was that one of Indianapolis's better defensive back spends a lot of time slot and that's one reason they felt like you know he probably wouldn't get as much play due to due to that but if it's has something to do with special teams well as we were just talking with jamie graham how do you get on the field selling special teams so that's interesting i'll be curious to see how that works monday hopefully i mean look i get needing people on special teams don't get me wrong but Kyle Phillips has been Will Levis's favorite target. Yeah, you need to you need to give your quarterback, your young quarterback, your rookie quarterback, as many weapons as you can give him. It would be especially ones he likes. <clears throat> well, ones he's comfortable you know, with. Right. I would say that probably other than DeAndre Hopkins, who is far and away Levis's number one and favorite target, uh, it's probably between between Phillips and Chigakonkwo. Uh, in terms of uh, his secondary outlet and who he likes the next best. So when you take one of those options away, it does kind of force a little different look uh, on offense for your young quarterback. And like like you guys said, you know, this is a team that is offensively challenged. And, yes, I realize that uh, as of Sunday they were very special teams challenged too. 
But uh, in terms of, you know, weighing offensive contributions versus special teams contributions, I kind of think that you need to really, this is just my personal opinion, I think you really need to think and try and find a way to get Kyle Phillips active uh, for games. That's just me thinking that out loud. Yeah. I agree. I mean, again, it just is what it is. If, if Will Levis is comfortable with him, especially a slot guy who's kind of a check down guy, you, you got to find a way to get him on the field. You have to. And I, I, I mean, whatever he's got to do on special teams, he's obviously not going to be catching punts. He didn't do that when he was told to do it. When when it was his assignment, <laughs> when it was his job, you, you had one job, yeah. <laughs> so he's not going to be doing that, but he he's important to this team. And that being said, you know, there are a lot of folks important to this team that have or unlikely to play Monday. Oh, and absolutely. That, I mean, <laughs> Jeffrey Simmons probably not going to have him. Or he's already really, Brable's already really declared him out. He didn't sound very optimistic on Christian Fulton either. And I know a lot, no. you know, a lot of people are down on Christian Fulton and he has his detractors, certainly. But uh, the depth behind him, we see whenever one of those first three guys, whether it's Fulton or Murphy Bunting or McCrary, whenever one of those, any one of those three guys is missing, we see a tremendous drop off in that, in that cover corner class. And, and to me, you know, it, it's going to be a, bad enough if Fulton's not able to go. But then you add in that you're playing maybe the most explosive offense in the league in the Miami Dolphins, and that looks like a recipe for disaster. I mean, to me, the Titans' best chance Monday night is a good offense. They need they need this offense to do something it hasn't done in a long time, something that they actually were in the process of doing it felt like on Sunday against the Colts, but then when Derrick Henry went out, it, you know, and Tajay Spears came in, you know, it seemed like that they, you know, stopped doing that. And that is just power running between the tackles, move the chains, uh, possess the ball for eight minutes at a time and go down and get points and win the time of possession by about eight to ten minutes. And then you might have a chance against the Dolphins. The only thing there, Terry, is even if you win the time of possession, it with Tua and Tyreek, it, kind of, oh, it sure. doesn't necessarily take them very long. I mean, the, yes, the, I mean it, they could they can put together a two play seventy five yard drive pretty quickly. Yeah, so I mean the the longer obviously the longer you can keep them on the on the sideline, the better off you're going to be theoretically, but. That two-play, seventy-five-yard drive is out there. So, and and that's where Christian Fulton and some of those other guys come in. I think they're going to have to play, particularly on the back end, probably the best game they played this year to have a shot. Probably so. And and I think you know, even though Mike Brable and Shane Bowen, you know, they they love press man coverage, they love man-to-man coverage. I think you got to think Oof. maybe a little bit of zone and not let the guy get you know give up the underneath. Make them go 80 yards in 10 plays, not two yard, not two plays like we were talking about. I think you may have to play some zone and just try to keep them boxed in and in front of you as much as you can. Of course, then you got to make a tackle. That is true. So yeah, it's 
Monday's going to be interesting, regardless of who is out there, I think. But um, it's, it could be painful if you're a Titans fan. You get it very well could be. Unless, you know, you just go into it with the expectations on the floor like I do at this point. Well, but and then there is this thought, though. There is this thought. This you no, know, and sometimes this sometimes this happens. Titans are out of it, but here they are in a December primetime game. For lack of a better term, this is their Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, got nothing to lose. Don't want anything back now, Brent. Lose, put everything. You know, they can put everything they've got into it. Pull out all the stops. <laughs> You know, drop back to Levis 40 times if they want to and and see what happens. I'm not sure dropping Levis back 40 times is a good idea behind this offensive line. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. All righty, guys. Our partner Zen Sports is excited to launch their first new introductory promotion available to all new customers in Tennessee, the No Danger First Wager. When you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 No Danger First Wager. And when you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. Plus, Zen Sports has launched a new VIP program for the premier bettors of Tennessee. If you think you might qualify, listen up. Zen Sports is hosting a VIP tailgate and game experience this Sunday, December 3rd, from 9 a.m. to noon for the Titans and Colts game at Nissan Stadium. That means food catered by a renowned chef, unlimited booze, and a private room for bet placing and mingling with fellow VIPs. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, then check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and bigger and better action than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, no. I'm like, apologies in advance. It sounds like CC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. Thanks for radio, too. As do we. (laughs) And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. 
everybody wants to be on Main Street. So And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, Coach? Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving... You gotta love it. Like you're moving... I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad like, someone... Okay. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yow and Mo Patton here on this Thursday. Mo, a couple of things that uh, are happening in the world of college football. I don't know if you saw the big recruiting news from this morning, but trolling was the number one tackle in the country, apparently. Trolling? Trolling. Okay. Because the IMG tackle that we talked about yesterday. The, we were talking about Boo Carter and his name came up, right? Yes. Okay. Um, can't, I can't even call his name off the top of my head right now. I had it and then I lost it. But uh, Surratt, C-S-E-A. Are, I don't know how to say it, but uh, top three were Ohio State, Oregon, and Tennessee. Ohio State, Oregon, and Tennessee were his top three. And he committed to Colorado this morning. Jordan Seaton? Seaton, that's it. Yeah. For some reason, I wanted to say it was Surratt. Anyway. That's wild. Yeah. Coach Prime coming from off the radar to get a guy, huh? I don't know what the I don't know what the point of naming a top three and we and this is exactly what I sent to you in that direct message mm-hmm. from a college coach saying that, you know, one of the reasons that we recruit in the portal is because kids tell us exactly what they're looking for and we can tell them we we've got it or we don't. And in high school, you don't have any idea what level the, the what do you say? You gotta deal with the top fourteen, the top eight, and and, and you have no uh, idea what their actual level of interest, interest is. is. Yeah. And and so this just continues to prove that method and well but here's the thing though. The flip side of that is one, you're dealing with seventeen and eighteen year olds. Mm-hmm. And two Maybe Colorado came in late with something better than Oregon, Ohio State, or Tennessee offered this young man. Oh, they absolutely did. And can you fault the kid? I'm not mad at the kid. I'm just saying that this is this is exactly what college coaches are talking about. But you know, this is one of the reasons that it's harder for high school kids to be recruited is because why bother? There's 1,400 kids in the transfer portal. And they were all good enough to make a Division I team last year. And so... It, it, but when, when college coaches say things like that, what they're saying to me is, you're making my job too hard. Okay. But as we've said, I don't want you to make it easy, but I want you to make it hard. And... If these kids are going to, and look, I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying that you have 
to be as a high school athlete, if you're not the number one tackle in the country, <laughs> you have to start thinking like someone who is interviewing for a job. Because the fact is that, yes, you do have a choice to some degree, but they also have a choice to offer you the job. And so if you aren't interested in the job or you don't show interest in the job, they're not going to offer you the job and you've missed out on an offer to a school that you may have wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. So it's a two-way street. It's a two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that I'm not sure that's a great look for a college football coach to throw all this on the kids. See, this is why this is at. Because these high school kids, they're not serious. They're unserious. You know, they're, they're, they're throwing up their top four teams and their top eights and that kind of thing. And we don't have time for that. So we're just going to go and recruit, recruit out of the portal. You know. Well, let me ask what, you. Me what, ask you no, 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 no. Whether it's true or not, okay. <laughs> whether it's true or not, saying the quiet part out loud may not be the best look for them. Well, you did it honestly. Well, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> because why am I going to put my name on that? But yeah, right or wrong, I mean that's that's kind of where we're at in in a situation that I can. I don't have to work that hard. If if you're not interested, hey, by all means, I'll, I'll go get one of these fourteen hundred out of the portal. I I don't I don't have to recruit a seventeen year old. This kid's got three years of eligibility, and I know what he's got because I've seen him on film. Against folks, he's going to be playing against. Right. So I don't have to project him. It's just it. It's a lot of. So instead of, and you don't see it at the top, you know, you don't see it at the 50 to 300 level. You see it at the top 50 players. Mm -hmm. That's what you're seeing this in. And because they know that they've got value to some degree. Now, how many of those top 50 don't actually work out? That's the real question. Mm -hmm. I mean, but. Yeah, how many of those top 50 are in the portal? Right. Yeah. How, how many of those do you have a chance at next time? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting way of going about it. But that's neither here nor there. One of those players in the portal, though, is Walter Nolan, former defensive tackle at Powell High School, who we saw play against Page two years ago in the uh, state championship, spent last year as a red shirt. And then – Did he red shirt last year? I thought he played. He, he played this past year. I thought he when played. He got hurt, but I don't did – he, did he play? He may have. Mm-hmm. So he may only have two years of eligibility. Don't I don't remember off the top of my head if he played in more than four games mm -hmm. as a freshman. Mm -hmm. uh, but either way, with the departure of Jimbo Fisher, Walter Nolan finds himself in the transfer portal. And per his Twitter. Now wait a minute. Nolan is one of four former reading from ESPN.com. Mm -hmm. Nolan is one of four former four former top recruits from the Aggies to enter the portal Wednesday. I thought the portal closed Monday. 
Hikifano at this point. I'm just about six foot four, two hundred ninety pounds sophomore from Powell. Who played in ten total games? Who played in ten games as a true freshman in twenty two, making four starts. Gotcha. He has already played two seasons and will have two seasons of eligibility remaining, and will likely be one of the more sought after non quarterback players in the transfer portal this offseason. Chose the Aggies over Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Tennessee, who could all try to get back in the mix, as well as Ole Miss, according to ESPN staff writer Tom Van Haren. So. And this year, 37 total tackles, eight and a half a loss, four sacks. As a true freshman. And was injured against Tennessee. Unfortunately, yeah. As a freshman, he had 29 total tackles, two and a half sack, uh, tackles for loss, and a sack. So, I mean, Tennessee's a possible destination. Will we see him? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, a number of folks were shocked that he moved from the Memphis area to the Knoxville area for his senior season to play at Powell, thinking then, that that was a precursor to him signing with the Vols, and it didn't happen. So Right. So, will be interesting. Yes, it will. I have one more question, but we need to get to a break because Joe Rexford will be joining us here in just a moment. So let's get to said break. Let's get to a break. We'll have... Justin called Joe, and we will have Joe Rex Road right after this. Stick around Main Street Sports. So it's presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. 
Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today. It's presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Young, Mo Patton here on this Thursday edition as we continue our college basketball and football discussions. And we'll do that with Joe Rexrode of The Athletic and, of course, Robbie and Rexrode in the morning. If you want to get up that early, I know that Mo is the least likely person to be listening live. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> it's nothing personal. <laughs> but uh, Quickly busy. Joe joins us now. What's up, man? What's up, guys? How we doing? We're doing well, Joe. Appreciate you taking some time with us to, um, to join us by phone today. Um, Chris wanted to get you on regarding your piece on the athletic headlined Vanderbilt football hopeless question mark legit NIL donations tell very different story and we want to get to that but before we get to that we got to talk about USF 73 Vanderbilt 60 last night yeah yeah well it's uh it's ugly it's ugly right now you know for for uh for Jerry Stackhouse's fifth team um I mean at this point the damage done in this non-league, I mean, I think they're 280 something in the in the net, and a long way to go. But you know, I, it's it's a hole that I don't see how they dig out of, and so it's 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 there's been a lot of really bad performances. And yes, they've missed some people. Uh, last night, Lee Dort is in, is in, in legal trouble, so last night was probably the team will get all year because they got Colin Smith back from a concussion. Of course, they've had other guys hurt, uh, Ben Allen Lubin and and Ezra Magnon, but you know, just a just a disjointed team, um, and it's just it just doesn't look good. They're just so I have seen so few stretches of good basketball. We've seen Stackhouse teams play poorly early in the season and get it rolling, and I'm not ruling out the idea that at some point in SEC play they could score some big wins and look a lot better, but I just you know, I just can't imagine this team having any path to the NCAA tournament other than 
winning the SEC tournament. And if that's the case in year five, and it just you just can't have that. I mean, this program, as you guys know, I mean, you know, it, it should not be going through what it has gone through since Kevin Stallings left. You got that right, and and it's got to be frustrating for a fan base that is used to football not being successful, but, you know, Vanderbilt basketball is something that was legitimate, and, you know, at, at this point, it's far from that, and that, that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough pill for them to swallow, and as you mentioned, Joe, in Jerry Stackhouse's fifth year now. How does this continue to be the case? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think there's, you know, I think there's some consistent, which is his teams, I think he runs really good. I mean, just from the nuts and bolts, I think he runs really good stuff. And it really works eventually. But, like, it's, maybe I guess you could say maybe it's a little bit more like an NBA philosophy where you can afford to, you know, like grow and lose some games and be fine. And I don't know. It just seems to be kind of consistent that the offensive, you know, precision and all that eventually gets there. And then it's, they, they, they get great shots against anybody. They get great shots against Tennessee last year, you know, and beat them. I mean, but, but you, you got to figure out a way to make it happen quicker. I think with this team defensively, they're just awful. And some of that is pure, you know, just chemistry and, and effort. And look, Tyron Lawrence is the most talented player on this team. And, you know, we're about to talk about NIL football. Well, NIL is why he's here. He's back because he, he was going to go and Vanderbilt kept him. But let's also remember that last year he had all these ups and downs with Stackhouse and he got benched and all this stuff. And so they've, they've kind of had that history too. And, Last night, kind of got into it again, and he just doesn't look. And I know he's been banged up, so you got to keep that in mind. But just doesn't look like he's completely, you know, like the same player right now. So there's a lot going on right now, and not much of it is very good. Joe, I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Was Tyron Lawrence not in the portal at one time? He was. Yeah, he got in the portal, and then he got out. And that's that's basically it's it's not always the case when that happens, but a lot of times when that happens, someone gets in the portal and they're like, Yeah, I'm gonna stay. I mean, in this day and age it means collective of the school where the, the player was previously and says how much to say to stay. And that is what happened here. Mm-hmm. That's um I mean that's 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 kind of shaky. I mean, if he was motivated to the point of getting into the portal, you you got to wonder whether he's got two feet in once he comes back out, don't you? Well, sure. Now that is that's college sports today, though. You know, so I mean, yes. Um, and you know, I think he thought about the NBA. I mean, he's you know, he's not an NBA player, but. He's not terribly far away if he could put everything together. Um, so, yes, I agree with you, but also, I mean, that really is. I mean, I think at this point, facts are just being told, get in the portal. You don't have to want to leave. Just get in. Get in the portal. And your NIL salary of, like, 800 k might go to 1.2 mil. Who knows? That's, that's where – Things are today with college athletics. 
mm-hmm. at, you know, at the Power Five level. It's crazy. It, it it is crazy. It's in, it's it it is insane, and there are a lot of kids who are also being told to get in the portal because you don't have a spot here, and you know that's that's unfortunate yes. too. And 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 now that teams can sign on the football side more than twenty five players, they can sign however many they lose. It just exacerbates that issue even farther, and it's it's crazy. But speaking of, let's. Let's talk a little bit about this because Vanderbilt is making a significant contribution to its facilities. They are apparently, according to your story, making a significant contribution to name, image, and likeness. Now, let me let me interject something. Let me interject a question, Joe. When you say that Vanderbilt is making a significant contribution to NIL, is that significant for Vanderbilt or is that significant for power five? No, it's, yeah. I mean, it's significant to the point of my understanding is, and you know, again, you get into like everyone's collective, everyone thinks they know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But my understanding is Vanderbilt right there with most of the sec. And that's, that's big. And that's, a couple of donations in particular very recently, at least one over the weekend, huge, and pushed them to a really big number. Um, but I think beyond the two big donations, there has been a, you know, I mean, look, and I've been told this by multiple people. I mean, Candace, the athletic director, like a lot of athletic directors, and she was, she was out fundraising. They got the facilities, and you're talking hundreds of millions in facilities, the Bandy United campaign has been very successful you know eventually it's going to look very different over there but she has been aggressive in letting donors know like like, like the, the collective the anchor impact collective has got to have more help you've got to and of course now they you know like i said tyron lawrence you know there's an example you know basketball the different sports have might but this is just for football vanderbilt is uh, where now I would not say now there's still when I say SEC now there's also you know I'd say Tennessee, Texas A&M, Georgia, Bama. I mean you know there's 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 still tiers, and I would not say I would not guess, and they would not guess that they're that level, which one person at Vanderbilt told me is quote an unhealthy level, <laughs> but but they are. You know, like last year, they were able to. There was a different collective. Um, they sort of merged, and this 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 one that's in place now is the one collective. You know, mm-hmm. but they were able to. You, you saw these. You saw these press releases. AJ Swan is signed with the. I'm trying to remember what the what was it called before. Uh, I forget what the previous collective was called. The it, anchor collective. You know it. Just the anchor. Okay, there you go. Just the anchor collective. So AJ Swan signs, CJ Taylor signs, Will Shepard, right? So they had enough there to look guys. It's important. I mean, retention of your good player is very important, but you know, they weren't out there able to spread money around like basically the rest of the SEC is. And I would say at this point, they feel they're ahead of several SEC programs where it is. Now, there's a lot of now, that's money, and that's great. I mean, it's significant, it's newsworthy, and it speaks to, 
I think the biggest thing it speaks to is like, I mean, I got an argument with Kaharski today in the Titans locker. Like, well, who no, cares? really? Man, I don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. That's like I'm not saying they're going to win. I have no idea. You have to coach well and all that, but sources have been the reason that Vanderbilt football has not compete. Right? I mean, there's a lot of things, but but you know, history and, and all that. But it's resources. That's not. Like right at this moment, that's not an excuse. Now you got to go get players, and players still have to want to come to Vanderbilt, and there is still the academic component. I mean, it's and you got to get the right players, like, I would think. Sure. Yeah. Well, no doubt. But the thing is, and this is clearly a something that Clark Lee has realized in his short time as coach. Like, if you don't have this, you're toast, and that's it's a sobering reality. Say, yes, that Vanderbilt would be able to this kind of money for this, but it's kind of you know. But you think about it. I mean, they've got they've got some people with some very deep pockets, and so it's a really interesting time. You got to be sustainable too. Can you do it? Have it next year if Clark Lee has a two and ten year? Is it you know? Are you going to be in the same spot a year from now? There's a lot of questions. This guarantees nothing. But it does give them a chance right now to go out and get an upgrade at quarterback over AJ Swan potentially, and to go out and get some, you know, get a, a lot of players who give them a better roster. And Barton Simmons said it on the record in my piece: you know, "This is going to be a better roster next year." That's well, you know, that's a he, he, I he better hope so. It, it was two and ten. <laughs> He also said in your in your article about SEC standards, we haven't been competitive in the NIL space before. We will be competitive now. So that's pretty well removing the excuses, uh, it sounds like to me. And, you know, the, like there's obviously lag time. I mean, like the facilities aren't all built yet and stuff, you know. So there's, there's, there's going to be like this lag time, you know, you're still kind of dealing with some of the challenges. You don't snap your fingers and everything's fixed. But yeah, I, to me, you could almost look at this like maybe it ramps the pressure up on Clark Lee next year. Whereas after the season was done, in my mind, yeah, he's going to get the next two years for sure. You have to give the Vanderbilt football coach five years. I mean, I still tip, I still in general believe that. But the great development for Vanderbilt, it also absolutely ramps up the pressure on Clark Lee to. You know, hire the right OC and figure this all out. Like you said, Mo, it's like, yeah, there's players and they're in the portal and there's talent and you know whatever you scouted them and whatever they were as recruits, but there's still like team building and things like that. That Clark Lee was solely focused on when he got the job, and it's just that the sport has slipped upside down. So here is my 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 big question, Joe. Is this Vanderbilt's one shot? I mean, with the 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 money that has been given to the to to Vanderbilt United, the money given to the collective, if this doesn't work, I don't know that they'll ever get this kind of backing again. So hey Joe, 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 before you answer that. Don't you have to define work when you say if this doesn't work, what 
when you say, if this doesn't work, what does work look like? What is the definition of work? I don't know. I'm not a Vanderbilt fan, so well, I don't know, but yes, I think that makes sense. Well, yeah, it does make sense. I mean, to me, it's, it's just like what we've been talking about forever with Vanderbilt, which is you should be able to consistently win six games, consistently get to a bowl game, and then have the occasional team that can rise up and win you eight, eight or nine games. I mean, that's that's working. And that's the, okay. that's, but to answer your question, Chris, it's about – here's the thing, man. We're talking about college athletics. I'm totally credulous at how much money rich people throw at this stuff. I mean, it's just amazing. Like – Millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like, yeah, like some people get, you know, like the primo seats or whatever. But it's like, I, I the month, the numbers are mind-boggling to me anyway. So if you tell me that like doesn't work, Clark Lee gets fired, and there's still the next coach. If they're excited about him, they're able to raise another big war chest of money. I, I, okay, now maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it's but. Well, it just seems because it took so long to get this investment. You know what I mean? Well, but sure. But I mean, it's also been two years since this has been a reality, right? Well, no, I mean, I'm talking about you know, just for facilities behind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, and, and that's and that's where it's like there's a little bit of chicken and egg on that, too. It's like, so how much of that was that? People weren't there or they weren't willing. How much was it that the administration finally said, OK, I mean, look, I've written stories about Vanderbilt development, you know, fundraisers on the university side blocking and competing with athletics fundraisers, right, for donors. So mm -hmm. I, th I think a, a huge part of this whole story is that they have a chancellor who's like, yeah, we need sports. Like, it's a huge – and I think that Zappos talked that game, but it wasn't the reality of the support. So, you know, like, if, if – I think if – Daniel Meyer remains chancellor, then I think that a lot of doors open for athletics that were not for, well, I don't know, decades? But, you know, the arms race and all this stuff, is it's really ramped up since the 90s, I would say. It's just so funny that Vanderbilt decides to make facilities upgrades when facilities are now, like, fourth on the list of things that matter. But I will say, like, you, you had to do it. You know what I mean? Sure. You're right. But, but that just also speaks to the neglect. But yes, it, you're right. As soon as it becomes finally got it done, it's like, oh, that doesn't matter that much anymore. That's yesterday's news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, you were so Vanderbilt if Yeah, that's, that, that, that's good. That was good. That was genuinely anyway, good. But yeah. yeah, you know, I just, Look, I want Vanderbilt to succeed because I think Nashville having a successful SEC program in, in it, it's obviously great for their baseball. For baseball, it's it's a fantastic environment. I want Memorial to be an environment worth being in. I I want to see First Bank Stadium, you know, full of black and gold and not the opponent's colors. That's what we want. If you are if you live here, it just it it makes it more fun. And, and so hopefully this works. Hopefully this hopefully this is the you know the investment that is necessary that gets Vanderbilt to that point. Uh, I mean, it, so if it's not, I hate that because I think Clark Lee's a great guy, 
and and I think he's a good football coach. So you know, time will tell. But uh, look, looking forward to, to 2024 and and seeing how this roster looks. Uh, Barton Simmons should should certainly have some insight on that. So we'll look forward to it. Again, read the piece on the Athletic from Joe. Uh, about this. It's worth the time. And Joe, thanks for your time today on the show. We appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again soon, man. All right, guys. Always great talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Joe. All right. We'll take a break. More sports to talk about. I want to get back to that question that we didn't get to in the last segment. You remember what it was? I do because it's in the tweet. Okay. Uh, Luckily, that's the only reason I remember. But we'll talk about uh, college football. There's there's some uh, television deal stuff on the uh, on the college football playoff as well that has kind of come out in, in in recent days. So we'll get into all of that in just a moment on Main Street Sports Day. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customer success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. He shoots and he scores!
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao. Mo Patton stepped out for just a moment, but do want to get into a couple of topics. We'll start, though, with the NBA in-season tournament. First ever semifinals begin on Thursday in Las Vegas, Indiana, Milwaukee, New Orleans, and Los Angeles Lakers. We'll battle for a spot in the championship final. Winners will get a half million dollars per player, which is pretty impressive. And, and I think when you look at the, the incentive of half a million dollars and you look at the way these players have played during the in-season tournament, it is remarkable the difference that we've seen in effort. And as someone who doesn't particularly like watching NBA basketball consistently, I do tune in on occasion, I do like to watch the Grizzlies, but this, this tournament has proven that when NBA players have something really important to play for like half a million dollars the level of play is so greatly unmatched by anything else it is incredible to watch these are the best basketball players in the world playing as hard as they've ever played in basketball if you think you love watching March Madness. You love watching college basketball. You love watching the passion that those guys have. These are the best players in the world bringing that passion and bringing that level of intensity because half a million dollars is on the line. And I, I truly don't know that I've ever seen the NBA as a whole playing to this level and it just when you watch it you just say it's clear that this level of basketball is the best level of basketball and it made the nba worth watching it's been in, incredibly successful averaging over eighteen thousand fans a game uh, viewership is up TNT and ESPN saw 26% increase over the comparable windows from last year. This is not going to be the last in-season tournament because it has been a rousing success. It's unlikely that we're going to have a radical change to the format going into next year because it was so difficult to align this one. Uh, Evan Wash told Front Office Sports and the NBA Executive Vice President of Basketball Strategy, but that doesn't mean that tweaks aren't warranted or that we wouldn't consider bringing back some things that may have ended ended up on the cutting room floor. So I'll be curious how it changes, but the one thing that's not going to change is the intensity of the players and the want to to win the in-season tournament because for the final time, there's a half million dollars per player at stake. <laughs> Yeah, it will. And playing, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, we would love to be able to hear you. Um, but yes, it will, in fact, get your juices flowing. No question. If a half a million dollars don't get you fired up, I don't know, I don't what, know what will. 
<laughs> this is running from a crocodile. That's about it. Uh, welcome back. It's good to be here. So before we get into the college football, considering some television changes, Texas and Oklahoma extended their Cotton Bowl contract. The Cotton Bowl Stadium has agreed to $147 million in upgrades and renovations. $147 million in upgrades and renovations. So this is the largest, I guess, investment into the stadium that the Cotton Bowl has ever made. Yeah. It just goes to show that Texas and Oklahoma playing there is worth whatever it takes. Well, and, and I guess given their new conference affiliation, it's just just means more. more. <laughs> no question. But my question is, Texas and Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl, Red River rivalry, Red River shootout, whatever you want to call it, cocktail party, um, Army-Navy. Stop there. Bayou Classic. Stop there. Army Navy. Is the best neutral site game? I think so. They don't even play it at the same place, though. Is that why they, it's the best neutral site game? I think that's part of why it's a, the best neutral site game. I think another part of it is because it's Army Navy. I mean, it has it has nationwide interest. You know, it's your two primary armed forces programs. Uh, I just think there's a sentimental factor to the game that I don't know that any of the others necessarily reach. I'm going to make a confession. I've never watched Army Navy. Not one time. Really? Not once. I've watched a little mm -hmm. here and there. Never watched the game as always. I don't even know who you are. Listen, <laughs> since I've been interested in watching college football, both of those teams have stunk, or at least one of them particular. At least one of them has stunk. I don't know in the that. Game. I don't know that both of them have been good at the same time. Maybe ever <laughs> since maybe, the, maybe, since maybe ever since before college football was on television more. Often. Since before college football was college football. Yeah. No. Um. But I just think. For everything that both of those programs and both of those schools stand for, I like I said, it, it's a lot of it's sentimental. I think a lot of it goes beyond wins and losses. And I think it attracts, you accept it, I think Army-Navy probably attracts a lot of people who don't watch a whole lot of college football otherwise. I think that's the reason I don't watch it. It's the first Saturday that I don't have to be worried about what's on television, <laughs> you know, and so that's that's part of it too, I yeah. think maybe. But it's, I just I've never watched it at that. But to me, I love neutral site games. I love the split the field, fifty fifty, that you know, the split the stands. For me, neutral site games are fun. Uh, Except Army Night. I I think the elements because I usually play it in Annapolis or. Philadelphia or Washington, and it's always cold. They never play in San Diego, though. They can play it on a play it on a what a, a on an aircraft carrier. Yeah, there we go. Did that for basketball? That was fun. No, 
I, I just think that the elements involved in it in December and that kind of thing, I, I think it's a picturesque backdrop usually. I, I just think it appeals to a lot of folks across the board. Like I said, the, that college football may not necessarily appeal to, you know, there's no NIL involved. Well, it'll be there. in Boston this time. Again, so it's going to be cold. No Commander-in-Chief's trophy, thanks to Air Force. And neither team will make a bowl. So it's. So this is their role. This is it. This is the Super Bowl. And that's all the time we have. We'll come back tomorrow with more. Brady McAtamia will join us tomorrow. Uh, he had a cold today. So hmm. that and more on Matrix Sports Today. See you then.